Minutes. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a purpose. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. Back in the Masson Web Studio, it is the Masson All Access Podcast. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano, back with you in our hometown, back from San Diego. We are healthy, we are warm, we are all good to go. Masson All Access Podcast, of course, brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student-athletes and programs today. Uh, Paul, the hot stove was scorching hot in San Diego. It wasn't as warm as I thought it would be in San Diego. We didn't really go too much outside, but I thought it would be, I was told 70s and sunny the whole time. It rained half the time we were there, um, but the hot stove remained hot. A lot of free agency happening, obviously a lot f- affecting the Nationals. Steven Strasburg resigning with the team for seven years, $245 million. Anthony Rendon eventually goes to the Angels. Garrett Cole agrees with the Yankees. Um, a lot happened that we have to recap from our uh our trip to San Diego in the winter meetings because we did not do a podcast last week because I was very sick. This is true. It was only a matter of time. Lavia, um, who is no longer with us. Our parting gift. She's alive. She's in San Francisco. Our parting gift was getting us all sick. Uh, she was sick in spring training. She uh, had to miss a day there. I was sick in St. Louis. And Bobby got sick in San Diego. Masson does not travel without getting sick. This is true. We were So we have been sick on the East Coast. In the Midwest and on the West Coast. Yeah. Now it's just mountain rocky time. Yeah. That's uh, the last time I'm going to get sick at. Let's get a Rockies, Nationals, NLDS, and Hannah will be the next one to be sick. Yeah. Or Amy Jennings. Or Amy Jennings. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate because we actually had things to talk about. Um, and an, ex- an event, like I said, an eventful and exciting winter meetings for the first time in maybe forever. Um with uh, this Strasburg news, Cole news, uh, the uh, the Anthony Rendon news had not gone down when we were planning to do the podcast uh, last Wednesday, a week from today, a week ago. Um, but we it was unfortunate because we did have things to talk about. We had sound to, to use um, because things were happening. You know, free agency, huh? That's weird. Teams are starting to sign players and, and cough up some money for, for guys that deserve it. Um, teams are willing to make trades and bolster their rosters. It's interesting how that kind of goes and how that makes our job way easier. Way easier because everybody's in the same place at that time. I mean, it it, it we already got one of the press conferences done while we were there. Scott Boris and Mike Rizzo up yeah. on the 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 stage speaking. Yeah, stage. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it makes everything a lot easier. And... There's just a general sense of being on edge, I think, when you are going through an offseason where you have these guys who are free agents or just about any reporter, I think, going through this offseason because the baseball offseason comes by in drips and drabs. But when something breaks, it breaks and you got to be on and you got to write and you got to do a video. Um, Having it done while we had cameras and everything set up made it a lot easier because we didn't have to sprint and drive into the studio, do an emergency show. It just made uh, made things a lot easier. You're all set up. That's the best part, too. Everything was just set up and waiting for us. Except when Anthony Rendon signed, uh, and we had literally just packed up all of our materials, mm-hmm. sent it down to FedEx, dropped it off. It was 6.50. Uh, the FedEx closed at 7.00. We're walking back like, wow, what a great week. <laughs> and then we checked Twitter and, oh, yeah, he could sign tonight. Um, so we had to shoot that video. We apologized for that because that was shot on a phone 
without lights, without a set. You guys look great. And run back on my uh, laptop. You guys so look thank you. You. Got, you guys did great. Mark always looks great. Um, he does, that's yeah. for sure. It's, well, in that instance, too, it's better to have something than nothing. You know, that's a, what a we major, figured. A major signing like that um, with Anthony Rendon going to the Angels. Can't not talk about it. Um, the timing, obviously, wasn't... Um, Ideal for anyone. That's always the case too. Every, I mean, that's like Mark's biggest fear too. Is like the fl- especially with these cross country flights, yeah. like something happening on the flight. Exactly, and that's why you always buy the internet on the flight because you never know and just expense it because you never know. Yeah, it's gonna happen when you're least ready for it. I.e. Rendon, um, when everything's packed up. I apologize too to both you and Amy and Drexel for not being able to pitch in. I was secluded to yeah. my room for well for about thirty six hours. It's okay. You'll be packing. By yourself for, for next spring year. training for spring training. Yes, yeah. uh, even that better. seems fair. Just just by yourself. We'll we'll be in the room, but we'll watch. If yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do this too. Uh huh. That yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so, I mean, big time deals to talk about, um, and the fact that Boris got all three of these done in three Good days is, is remarkable. But um, I think what what sticks out to me first when looking at the Strasburg and Rendon deals, you look at the years, you look at the dollar amounts. It's almost the it, it is. On paper, the exact same. Then you look back and you see, okay, well, eighty million of Strasburg is reportedly deferred. Yep. Whereas Rendon's is not, so that's a big difference. However, the terms were eerily similar, um, and I think when you have those kind of terms with two of your own free agents, deals that were done within days, the comparisons are made of could the Nationals, should the Nationals have been more aggressive to sign Rendon as opposed to Strasburg. Well, I think it's no surprise that, you know, if you had to, if you asked me, all right, pick which one, you can only pick one, who the Nationals going to re-sign, I would have said Steven Strasburg. I personally probably would have liked them to maybe go after Rendon more, but I would have guessed that knowing the Nationals, knowing how Mike Rizzo values starting pitching, also it's Steven Strasburg, the number one overall pick, how much he's meant to this franchise and this team, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think it was pretty clear and obvious. They made it known from the get-go that Strasburg was the number one priority. If they could somehow manage Rendon, that would just be a plus, but it was going to be Strasburg first and foremost from the beginning. So, yes, I, I, it is interesting to see how those kind of deals went down. Um, also knowing that it was Boris and he obviously had some motivation to get these done because obviously with the Strasburg deal, he could then flip and use them for both Rendon and Garrett Cole um, and got Garrett Cole his big payday with the Yankees. Be like, hey, this is what Strasburg got. Cole is a couple years younger. You can, you know, and then Anthony Rendon, he's a couple years younger. He plays a high-level position. You know, he just led this team to a World Series, yada, yada, yada. I think it's interesting, though. You mentioned the deferrals on Strasburg's deal. It's not deferred because he's getting paid, but Anthony Rendon's is way back heavy, back loaded. Um, so he is only getting paid about twenty and a half million for, or excuse me, twenty five and a half million for this season, upcoming season, which is about ten million lower than what Strasburg is going to be paying. His average annual value is thirty five million dollars a year for over the seven. Um, I think that's interesting in the in the sense that one, the Angels went that course, and Rendon was okay with it and went along with it to allow, because, you know, obviously you're pairing probably one of the best third basemen with the best overall player. And then also one of the best two way players in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout flip that. Um, but the angels still need pitching and Rendon knows that. And he's like, we, you know, I don't want to 
handicap this team, this front office from adding to this roster so we can continue to be better because Mike Trout has only played in three playoff games in his entire career and he lost all three. So that's not good for baseball. That's not what the Angels want when you have a generational player like Mike Trout. Now you add a generational player like Anthony Rendon um, and, and he his contract situation allows them to continue to add on. I thought that was interesting and the way that was loaded because the Nationals said all along they couldn't afford both yet somehow the Angels are making it that they can afford both him and Trout, and then obviously Otani is going to be a free agency eventually too. And it fits into the report that we heard from Mark Zuckerman while we were at the winter meetings, which which was Rendon was more open to deferred money than he had previously been, which obviously, as mentioned, this is not deferred money, but you know maybe you know he was more open to backloading it yeah. than he had previously been, and he maybe came around to that, but... Um, we'll see if the Angels make any moves. I st- it's it's bizarre. I mean, a, a team that has Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout in the middle of their lineup, and they're still not the best team in that division. They yeah. still might not be a playoff team. Yeah. Um. It it, it does seem kind of like a weird allocation of funds. I mean, that's a it's a not to get too Angels heavy, but that's a franchise that has spent you know um a, a hundreds of millions of dollars on Albert Pujols on. Now Mike Trout on Anthony Rendon, but they have not done the periphery moves to make this team good. And and baseball is you have to make that. And that, that I mean I think that's part of the the reason that uh, you know and, and I don't buy obviously that Mark Lerner and the Nationals couldn't afford me neither um, both these guys. But what I think what he was trying to say or what, the explanation that might have made more sense is. You know, we need to save some of this money for the other guys for to to fill out our roster because you can't get to the playoffs with two or three good players. You get to the playoffs and you win World Series with a roster that is deep and full of talent. So, um, you know, the the option now for the Nationals to now turn and save some of that money that they might have spent on Rendon, use some of it on a potentially a Josh Donaldson, use some of it maybe to re-sign uh, Daniel Hudson, use some of it to bring back uh, Ryan Zimmerman. So there are other ways for them to use that money. It might not have made the most sense um, for them to have spent $245 million on two players in one offseason considering their roster handicaps as as they were. Um but he should. I don't think Lerner should have put it as can't afford. Yeah, I think that was um, maybe a, so a misstep. Yeah, a misstep. I was under a misspoken, you know, way to phrase that. Because uh, I agree, and that to me, it's you know, especially now, you know, if Rendon would have gotten closer to Arenado money, okay, maybe. I can see you're not wanting to go that. Deep. But the fact that it was basically the same deal that Strasburg got, yeah. And then now we see the breakdown of it being backloaded, and Rendon. I don't know if he was, you know, the forethought or the forefront of that thought process, but allowed it to happen or allowed the contract to be laid out that way, so that Angels could keep adding. Kind of just goes to show it's like, okay, well, the Nationals probably could have made this work; they just chose not to, and that's fine if that's the way you want to go about your business. But don't lie to the media, don't lie to a fan base saying that we can't afford it when we. No, farewell that you could. You're just choosing not to. Um, yeah, I agree. It was kind of a misstep or, you know, a, a poor choice of words on on uh, the owner's part there. Um, but we don't have to go in too deep into that. Um, I think it's interesting that now, after all these years, now, you know, 
because the next big free agency, I don't know who, I don't want to look too far ahead, but in terms of for the Nationals, the next big one is Trey Turner. The bigger one, maybe even down the line, is eventually going to be Juan Soto. And you're looking at the these these free agents, free agencies of past. Now, Anthony Rendon, Bryce Harper last year, you know, Steven Strasburg has become the outlier because we all thought at some point that, you know, there was a chance that Bryce Harper could stay here. Well, he might give a hometown discount. He might want to see the young core here and be here in national for life. Okay, he doesn't. Well, maybe Anthony, Anthony Rendon's definitely the guy that wants to stay around. He doesn't seem like a guy that wants to switch locations. Oh, well, maybe not. Steven Strasburg, you know, obviously signed the extension a couple years ago, avoiding free agency the first time, coming off a career year, a World Series MVP, was obviously going to test the market and, and use that to get a, a pay grade, a, a, a pay bump. Um, but was never really going to leave. Steven Strasburg has become kind of the outlier in, in free agency of, and he mentioned this so much in his press conference, and Scott Boris did too, that it is unique nowadays for a player to basically stick out his whole career with one team, not test those waters, not go seek a bigger contract elsewhere. You've established yourself here, um, and, and we all thought that Bryce and Anthony might follow those kind of footsteps. Obviously not the case, but Strasburg now has become kind of the the outlier in, in free agency over the past handful of years. It's it's rare and unique uh, in baseball in general, and you know, and for the Nationals, I think to have a guy like that is important because we, important. we've seen them check off boxes that to make themselves you know one of the more prominent franchises over the past years. You know. How, how do you how do you establish yourself as a as a new team to a new area in a short amount of time? Well, you win a World Series, check that helps. Um, you spend big in free agency so that you know and and get big time Hall of Fame caliber players. Got Max Scherzer, check. Um, and now to have the first guy that. Not Hall of Fame caliber, but you can add Jason Worth to that list too. Yeah, exactly. That was the first one that you know. Yeah, they they realized that these were important boxes that they needed to check. Yeah, and now to have somebody who was a number one overall pick, drafted by your team, developed by your team, won with your team, who is now saying, "I want to stay here," and is going to retire a national, much like Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, Zimmerman yeah. is is the one before him um, to a, you know just a lesser extent in terms of the star power. Right. Um, but to have you know, a, a true superstar be on your team for life and have his number retired, like Worth did, but, you know, we, we disagreed as to you right, know, whether right. that was deserved. But from start to finish, he is spending his entire career there is a and it's an important step, I think, as a franchise and further cement themselves in D.C. and in, in a prominent place in baseball. Yeah, and um, I had a friend reach out to me after the Strasburg press conference yesterday being saying they should have kept Rendon. And I, my reply is just, well, I'm glad they kept one of them. You know, the, the, this would have been a disaster, I think, had we gone through this free agency and the Nationals would have lost both Strasburg and Rendon this offseason. I, I think it would have been very hard. After, you know, it, we would have seen them fall back so much harder. Yeah, but we won the World Series, won the World Series. You know, this fan base, while still juvenile and young in terms of, you know, you look around like, Baltimore, Boston, New York, you know, it's, it's still a young fan base, but that doesn't mean they don't see what's happening, the writing on the wall. If you don't retain both of these, or at least one of these guys, you're just saying that, okay, one World Series is enough, we got our one, we're done trying to be competitive. Um, I, I'm just really happy that they got one of them. Again, if it was my personal pick, I probably would have valued Rendon more because the, the rotation is already 
pretty strong and, and he's a generational player at a high value position at third base. But knowing how this organization operates, how Mike Rizzo values starting pitching, it's no surprise that was Steven Strasburg. Also, he is kind of like put an asterisk next to him. He might be the exception because number one overall draft pick. Um, he's meant so much to this team and this franchise over the years. Um, he's not, you know, and Rendon isn't on the same level in terms of that, you know, just because he was number six overall right. and, and, and it wasn't as high leverage as a as, as Steven Strasburg. But I agree. It was important for the Nationals and this organization to retain one of these guys. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously fans, ideally you want both, but to have one back, it, it shows a commitment not just to winning now, but, you know, seven years down the line and a commitment to a single player. And, and that, that I think that goes a long way in terms of other people, other free agents who might want to come here to play. Hey, the Nationals commit to their guys if, if you stick around and show that you want to be here. Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, you, you talked about how Rendon didn't reach that level with the organization that Strasburg did. Did and I think it. I think we can kind of break down why because mm-hmm. um, of there. I think I, I agree with you that they were not on the same level in terms of the organizational status. So, I mean, Stras was the the number one overall pick. Rendon was the number six overall pick. It's not like that's there's a massive difference. I think the perceptional wise, there's a big difference. Um, but you know, in terms of the value of where those those guys were taken, six overall pick is still you know pretty high. Um, the fact that he had, I think more, maybe you could say he had more, uh, at least one more iconic moment, which was Strasmus and his debut. Mm-hmm. Um, Rendon had his moments over the years. Um, but I think, you know, when you, when you look at free agency as, uh, a GM, you probably have to take some of the emotion out of it as yeah, well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that this team probably, the fact that Stras was, the first pick that that Rizzo had signed, yeah. The fact that um, he had chosen them as uh, chosen to stay all those years ago, without even testing the free agent market, and the fact that he clearly wanted to stay again now, I think that that made a difference to Rizzo in this front office. Yeah, and whether it should have or not, I think is you know is up for debate. Whether you know it, in theory. That stuff shouldn't really matter. It should be who's going to be the better player over the next seven years as opposed to, well, does he really, you know, did he make us a first priority? Was he the number one overall pick as opposed to the number six overall pick? Did he have more iconic moments with the franchise? It should kind of be a more a mathematical thing of, is are his stats going to be better? You know, which player is going to produce more over these next seven years? Um in in terms of a contract. And I think that that is kind of up for debate. I think there's a potential that Straws outperforms Rendon. It's a potential. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. high it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big part of it is just his health. But I think the more likely scenario is Rendon will provide more slightly more value to a franchise over the next seven years than Straws would, which I think is is kind of interesting because I don't think that's the framework in which Mike Rizzo in this front office viewed it. I think they took little bit of emotion into their decision. Yeah, and that could be the case. And, and I mean, also think about the the Nationals' three first-round picks between 2009 and 2011, Strasburg, Harper, Rendon. I mean, and people, I think, gloss over that fact. Everyone looks at the number the number because they were picked yeah. number one overall, and, you know, 
Strasburg was the best pitching prospect ever to come out of college, and Bryce Harper was the chosen one since he was 15. Anthony Rendon, just very much under the radar, and that he liked that. He chose that path. Yeah. He wants to be under the radar. Steven Strasburg was also quiet and didn't like all the attention too, but that it followed he, him. He, <laughs> it followed him. He can't. He can't avoid it because he was the number one overall pick and has, was the most highly touted prospect ever, yeah. a pitching prospect ever. So Anthony Rendon was able kind of to slip under that radar, and I think that kind of played in the fact where you know Strasburg grew up here. So did Rendon, and so did so did Harper to an extent, but and, and he talked about this so much yesterday too. It's like he has learned so much more about himself, becoming a, a you know a man, becoming you know, a husband, a father. This is where he grew up because he started so young, didn't like the spotlight, didn't like all the attention, but has grown to become to, to accept that. And then also this year, we talked about how much he grown as a pitcher. Because he doesn't have his velo anymore, you know he doesn't have, you know that 100 mile per hour fastball that he was flashing in his debut all those years ago. He has to rely more on his off speed stuff, and his changeup is now one of the best off speed pitches in all of baseball. And and I think you're right, and you know the Nationals could. And he's 31, 32, 31, 31, seven years. So he's basically signing for the rest of his pitching career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at Max Scherzer, and Max Scherzer is a different animal because he, he's a, he's a freak. But you know, you could get. I'm, basically, I'm saying it's like Max Scherzer has proven that it can be. You know, just because your pitcher's turning 32 doesn't mean your best years are behind you. You can reinvent yourself. Now, Stra- now Scherzer again is a different animal. He he's he's he knows what he is. He he trusts his stuff. Strasburg had to reinvent himself this year, and now we're kind of going not the twilight of his career, but maybe just the different. A different path in his career because he has to become that guy. And now with with the extension, not the extension. I keep it's going to be. I'm going to keep referring to an extension because right. it's, he, it's like he never left. Yeah, but resigning now he's settled in and confirmed, this is where I am. I moved my family here. I'm going to be here for the next seven years. I this is home. I know. I know this company. This company. This organization so well. There's no pressure on me. I, I don't have to. And, and with Max ahead of me, technically in the rotation, there's no pressure on me to go out there and be the guy that I was brought in to be drafted to be, you know, I can still be the number two guy. I would be a number one anywhere else and just do my thing and still be perfectly fine. I think you're right. I think there is a possibility that Strasburg proves to be more valuable over these next seven years than Anthony Rendon. I think we'll always can be comparing these two, especially here yeah. in DC, just because they've, they came from the nationals, they parted ways and got similar, very similar contracts. Um, but I think you're right. I think there is a very possibility that Strasburg proves to be more, uh, because I mean, how do you reinvent yourself as a third baseman? You know, there's only really a couple handful of ways. I mean, I guess you can reinvent your approach and your swing. Um, but there's only so many ways to play defense. You know, there's only so many ways to hit a baseball. There's multiple different ways a pitcher can throw the baseball. So I think, yeah, Strasburg could prove more valuable over these seven years than Anthony Rendon. He could still have a great career, Anthony Rendon. But, you know, what if he turns out to be not what the Angels need right now? And Strasburg turns out to be exactly what the Nationals needed over the next uh, seven years. You know, 
that kind of bridge gap between the end of Max Scherzer's Hall of Fame career and then Patrick Corbin taking over for the latter half of his contract, uh, becoming the ace on this staff, and then the next wave of great starting pitchers that the Nationals right. are going to bring in. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way that they've always gone. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be a perfect comparison. If these two guys were both pitchers, yeah. you know, it's going it, to be so hard. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard. You know, we'll have to kind of resort to a war right. <laughs> as, as our, our uh, but even then, user. it's, like, so hard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, it won't be a perfect comparison, but, I think, I, look, I, I just think the, the strongest possibility is that both these guys are excellent for the majority of their contract. How those latter years will look will be interesting, too, because Rendon has had minor injuries over the years, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we all know Strasburg's long injury history, and I think when you talk about reinventing yourself... I think a big part of that for Strasburg is he tapped into something this year where he didn't get injured. Yeah. And is that something that um, the, you know, the organization believes is a model for success going forward, whatever it was. And, and um, I know a lot of writers tried to get out exactly what it was. He, I think he changed up his routine. He changed up his workout, whatever it was. You know, he cleaned up his diet a little Keeping bit. the ballpark open for him year round. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, what a weird moment for Scott Boris. Just so awkward. strange. Um, so, you know, he tapped into something, and, and the question is, you know, is, is that a sustainable model for him so that he can stay healthy for the mo- majority of the seven years? Because, yeah. I mean, at this point, that's that's the only, not the only thing, but the most likely thing that could make this contract look not great is just him missing starts and him being injured and not living up to that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whereas I think Rendon, though he has had minor injuries over the years, has proven to be slightly healthier and, and has not had the major season-ending injuries that we've seen from Straws in, in years past. Um, so it, that he might have him beat in terms of just the amount of the volume that he provides in terms of the games played and all that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to keep track of. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, at this point, I don't think you can say one was right, one was yeah, wrong. Absolutely. Um. um that's definitely a conversation for like, you know, a handful of years down the line. Twenty twenty. Yeah, because I, I don't think we'll even know in the first two or three years. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, if even if like Anthony Rendon becomes three time All Star, an MVP, an American League MVP, which might be tough with his teammate, um, but and win a World Series. I mean, that's the other thing too. Mark that Mark Zuckerman mentioned. It's kind of a similar, like I just said with Strasburg, he doesn't have to be the guy here. Rendon doesn't have to be the guy in L.A. Yeah. You know, Mike Trout's the guy out in L.A. And they have Joey Otani who takes a lot of attention too. So he can just kind of sit back and not be the focal point. Maybe that might have been, I mean, obviously the money and the contract worked out, but that might have been a reason why he kind of strayed away from Texas because with the Rangers, he would have been the guy. Brand new ballpark, you know, an all-star third baseman in an area that they need. You know, you bring in a high name like Rendon, the hometown kid. You know, he would have been the guy, and he kind of probably strayed away from that because in in Anaheim he doesn't have to be that guy. Yeah. And and we saw why he strayed away from L.A. Uh, the other LA the other team, L.A. the the real L.A. team um, was because you know he didn't like the bright lights that the Dodgers have, and yeah. and uh, even though the two teams are relatively close uh, geographically. It's it's like the the Clippers and the Lakers, like you know the the Clippers are just a a now they have Kawhi, but but even with Kawhi, it's like they're they're yeah. always going to be second best to exactly. the Lakers and LeBron. Be, yeah, exactly. They're always going to be second fiddle. Yeah. Um, where you know, and and for the Angels, even though they have Mike Trout, they're not the Dodgers. You know, right. they they don't bring the same 
attention. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think I was too young, or I mean, I must have been, I think I was 10, but like when the Angels won the World Series 2002, like, I don't, I don't remember LA being just, you know, completely up and just tearing down the city because of in celebration. Right. That would happen if it were the if Dodgers. If it were the Dodgers. You know, yeah. you go back to your NBA comparison. If Kawhi and the Clippers go out and win the finals this year, I mean, that'd be cool, I guess, for LA, but right. it would be nothing if like LeBron and the Lakers won it. Exactly. You know, it, they're always going to be second fiddle to, to those teams. And that's probably the appeal for Anthony Rendon with the Angels. Not only does he not have to be the guy on his team, he's not even. Their, their team is like a microcosm of him. You know, yeah. they're not even the guy in their city. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's probably a very comforting thing for him and how he chose uh, the Angels. You know, had he signed a big deal here, I'm not saying and I'm not saying he didn't want to come back here, but had he signed this big deal and returned to the Nationals, he would have been the guy for seven years right. in a major market. Um and, you know, he was just spent the whole season being the guy. And luckily there are young players like Juan Soto and Trey Turner and Victor Robles to take some of that attention attention away. But if you sign that mega contract, all eyes on you. Yeah. And that's something he probably would have wanted to avoid. And funny moment in the press conference yesterday when Steven Strasburg said, I'm old enough and I've been around here long enough to know that some of the young kids don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> some of the young fans, they know who a Trey Turner is. They know who Juan Soto is, but they don't know who I am. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny, and it, it, it I think it kind of speaks to how he has changed, how he has grown. And it, he prob- I think also Strasburg probably likes that, uh, similar to Rendon, likes that a little bit more. Um, you know, and, and it look, it, it shows in the fact that, uh, you know, he, he didn't have any pride over not being the number one starter and giving that up to Max Scherzer. So, you know, it, I think it's kind of similar comparing these two and their personalities, what they wanted from free agency, where they wanted to make home, and ultimately where they ended up. Well, is it, that's a funny thing how similar they are, too, because I, like, all day yesterday during that press conference, I could not think about how much, and, I, and I'm younger than him, and I, I, you know, I started following Strasburg as a fan and mm-hmm. now have been covering him since 2012. Yeah. You know, how much he's grown. As a person, and like you know, Strasburg, and even back in like 2014 or 15, would never have been that outspoken and like showing his emotions off that much in a press conference like that. He was smiling, as smiling. Much. <laughs> He's smiling so much, making jokes, giggling. You know, you know, giggling at a little immature joke being made. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, at his two young daughters sitting in front row, just kind of playing with their toys. Uh, you know, he was having the time of his life. I've, and I think uh, even Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post mentioned this too on Twitter. Been like, I've never seen Strasburg this outgoing and this joyous yeah. in, in person. Um, and I think that goes yeah. so much how much he's grown. And I don't think we'll ever see. I mean, Rendon could have be totally fine and comfortable in L.A., have a winning record, very successful career. I don't think we'll ever see him, Rendon, be, get to that level. And that's yeah. just not his personality. And I'm not, that's not a dig at him. No. It's just that's how yeah. they're different. Strasburg grew into this new person. I don't know if Rendon will ever grow into that new person. And one more note on Strasburg. You, you mentioned that kind of growth. I think part of it is due to a Davey Martinez. I think uh, yeah. Davey kind of brought that out in him. You know, I, the fact that he is he was up there repeating the mantras that Davey was using, stay in the fight, finish the fight, and, and saying, you know, all of that good stuff. And Davey has said before, he has come up to me, and, and, you know, in the hallway before a game and said, hey, go, let's go 1-0 today. And, you know, the fact that he tr- totally bought into that, the kind of um, genuine youthful energy that yeah. Davey Martinez brings, um, 
you know, he's not necessarily a young manager, but he has that youthful positivity um, is something that I think Steven Strasburg appreciated. The fact that it's it's not a, you know, the, the, the environment, the clubhouse under Davey Martinez is not a pressure cooker. It yeah. is it is a happy um, environment, and I think he likes that, pressure-free. And I think even Strasburg of old, you know, two or three years ago, would have, like, shaken that off. Like, yeah. I've been like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm just going to smile and wave because you're my manager. I have to. No. Yeah, but I get it. I, I, but now I think it's, like you said, genuine. I think he genuinely buys into that and appreciates that. Um, and then one more note on, just to piggyback on that, you know, how much he's grown, and he, he attributed it to Max Scherzer, too, yeah. being here. When he came in 2015, he, someone asked him yesterday in his press conference, you know, what have you learned about yourself from Max? And he was like, honestly, it's not as care as much. And, um, you know, I've always, you know, I used to go out on the mound and, like, kind of second-guess myself in terms of how am I going to attack a hitter or, you know, I don't want to, like, give him something easy and stuff like that. I don't, don't want to show any weakness out there. And Max has taught me just to, like, I don't care, you know, that bulldog mentality. I don't care what you have to do, what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to get you out. Yeah, it's going to be aggressive attack hitters. Yep, yeah. and, and just not have that kind of, you know, fear on the mound and it has turned him into a completely different pitcher. Yeah. And also now person because he's also like, yeah, I don't really care what people think about me or say about me. I'm exactly. just going to, you know, kind of enjoy myself. Exactly. Um, so in terms of where the Nationals go from here, Obviously, they have a big hole at third base. Yeah. Um, it seems like the they domino have, has fallen. Yeah, uh, two of them, two big ones, yeah. and it seems like they are heavily in, according to the fifty million John Heyman tweets that come a day, uh, heavily in on Josh Donaldson, which seems to make the most sense. Um, there, we touched on it in previous podcasts. There are not a whole lot of free agent third basemen out there um, beyond Josh Donaldson. Mike Mustakas already got swooped up. And Pablo Sandoval is not a great option. So yeah. it seems the most likely and to make the most sense for Donaldson. The only thing is how how long of a contract, how much money, considering he's 33 years old, um, has been injured in the past. Um, but it seems like the most the best path still for them is to commit to Josh Donaldson. Yeah, and if it's the reported, f- I mean, was it Heyman or was it Nightingale that said four years, 90 million? For the Nationals. That, that might have been Nightingale, but uh, I can't say. That, uh, there are reports that the Nationals are willing to go that far yeah. for Donaldson. That's a fair price. It's the years. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. It's the four years, like you said. That would be that would take him until he's 37. Um, and, you know, can you get the production that he's had last season in Atlanta? Probably for maybe this year, maybe the year after, but for those last two years, probably not. Yeah, that'd be a pretty stretch. And 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 here's where Donaldson has all the power because he can levy that into that fourth year. If he wants that fourth year, he'll get it. Yeah. Um. And, and now it, is it becoming a game of, well, look what Steven Strasburg just did. You know, testing the waters a little bit. Yeah. You know, talking to the Dodgers, talking to uh, the was it the, the Angels too, and now obviously the Yankees. And then came back to the Nationals and flipped it and got this mega deal, which was a record-breaking at the time. Is Josh Donaldson kind of playing the same game, testing the water, seeing, okay, I got $90 million for from the Nationals. Can I get $90 million 100, or excuse me, 104 years from anyone else and maybe go back to Atlanta? You know, it, it's an interesting game. The Nationals had to jump, I think. Quickly too, and which sucks because Christmas is coming up, and I want to break that the one time off. But we're, we know we're going to have a press oh conference God, like December twenty sixth. Please, please, yeah. please don't. But you know the Nationals are going to have to jump because if, if he is playing that game, you can't let him 
just go back. You know, yeah, you have to make he. You have to know what he, where his head's at. Yeah, you know, because if he's just gonna, if he's just using these offers to ante up whatever offer he's getting from Atlanta or wherever else. Okay, that's fine. You let him go because then you need to turn yeah. your attention elsewhere and and, and quickly. And now Donaldson knows that Nats don't have too many options. They, yeah, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. Now that Rendon is out the door, it's it's him or it's a Pablo Sandoval or it's a not my, or you're or sticking for somebody or you're sti- or, or you're sticking with Cardi Kibum out the gate. Yeah, and then having to sign a second baseman, which yeah. I don't think they want. So, um, yeah, there are going to be it, it's going to be interesting, but I I think. That is still their best path. That ninety million is again to me fair. Yeah, I think the original one was like somewhat like he had an offer maybe from the Phillies or the Braves around eighty, and then the Nationals mm-hmm. bumped it up to ninety. And again, it's just the years. Four years at at that age is tough to give a third baseman. How much yeah. you know? Not only talking about his offense production, but how much? I mean, he is a fine defensive third baseman. But it's only going to get worse, yep. you know. How much? How? What kind of level of defense is he going to play at, at a high level position at the hot corner um, for the the third year, the fourth year? Yep. It's just going to be. It's difficult to say, um, and it's risky. Yep. Yeah. But the thing though that you've done with the Strasburg signing is though you've kept this window of of success and winning open for probably at least two or three more years. So if Donaldson becomes a placeholder. For Keyboom in two years or whatever it may be, that's great and fine. But do you want to pay ninety million dollars, hundred million dollars to a placeholder? Yep, exactly. Is it going to be worth it at that point? Right. But you know, the team around him might be good enough that it might not matter too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exciting. Yeah. And of course, they got to address the bullpen and uh, they got to bring Ryan Zimmerman back. Well, that's every season. Well, except <laughs> yeah. for Zimmerman. Yeah. But every season, got to address the mm-hmm. bullpen. And uh, we'll be there every step of the way, um, except for when I'm sick. Uh, hopefully that. Got that out of the system, and we're good to You're go. Done. Yeah, we're <laughs> I'm good for the holidays. I'm good for the new year. Um, and 2020, it's going to be a fresh, healthy Bob. So we are going to be covering, oosh, covering uh, obviously, all the free agency moves still left to be made by the Nationals, any trades as well. Any news that breaks, we'll be covering right here on the Mass and All Access podcast. Thank you for following all year long on the Mass and All Access podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Also watching on YouTube and Facebook as well. Uh, we really appreciate all your efforts um, in helping us make the show keep going. Uh, we really appreciate all the comments and feedback we get as well. Have a happy holiday, everyone. We are going to be taking about a two-week break because next week is obviously Christmas, and then the year oh, excuse me, the week after that is the new year. So we will see you in 2020. You also, of course, reach us at any time on Twitter, at Bobby underscore Blanco for myself, at Paul Mancano for Paul. Also, Mass and Nationals across the board on social media as well. We'll have plenty of content still coming through you through the ho- for you through the holidays. For Paul, I'm Bobby. The Mass and All Access podcast is brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Have a happy holiday, everybody.